Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. This is a very special show indeed. Why? Because Jimmy Palumbo's here. That's why it's special. No, this is show number 34, but it is special because we do have, coming on later, Artie Lang is going to come on with us for a little bit, talking about his brand new podcast that dropped uh, yesterday, and that's very exciting for him. He's going to come on and tell us all about that. But until then, this is show number 34. Of course, I got Chris Gucci behind the glass, and Dave's in the corner on his uh on his cell phone there, which he normally does. Social Dilemma, he didn't watch it yet. And uh, a big shout out to Dave because he's about to uh, become a father for the second time with a son that's due in. I'm excited because uh, I just, I just, it's, his nickname is going to be Namath. That's what I will call him for the rest of my life uh, because his son will be a Jets fan. I think it's great that on this network, I, Jimmy Palumbo, I get to decide someone's unborn child what their nickname is now chris you've been hesitant on this because you're holding out for slight hope that maybe the kid will be a packer fan i respect that um of course he's in new jersey he'll has like an 80 percent chance to become a giant fan we know that but jets would be funnier that would be the cruel the green all over the house and it is so likely great. because there's in-laws there's people yes. in dave's life yes that the are bloodline fans, is there so. exactly right so even though dave says there's no way he's going to be a cowboy fan there's going to be some onesies out there i mean regardless. it's like covid the disease of the jets is in the house so it, it the kid could touch a green thing and next thing you know he's you know discussing he's googling maybe he does a book report on weave eubank or something like that so, you're gonna remember and, the first cowboys playoff game and listen Listen, the Hess building it's is right be a, there. Be a, in Lambo, right? <laughs> right. And, right. and I Cowboys say, playoff game in Lambo. And, and I say this, a Packers and I, win. Exactly. And Dave's I mean, got his mic. You see what I did in the beginning? I lowered Dave's mic, so he has no voice right now. Well, he, he he booms from the back. It's better yeah. when he's in the back. I carry. Yeah, he carries. carries. See, but I think it's great. I think the I think his little boy is going to be like I don't know eight or nine years old. And there's going to be a game. The Jets are going to be playing the Packers on the frozen tundra. And all of a sudden, the Packers are going to win. And no, maybe wait. all of a sudden, oh, okay, he, okay, could, okay. he could just become a Packer fan. Or maybe there's some kind of wild game. He gets tickets from the little lacrosse team. Because he'll play lacrosse, not football. Nobody lets their kid play football. And and now, which is that's another whole podcast right there. But maybe he'll go to a game at Giant Stadium. It's kind of rainy, and Dave will have to go because he's one of the coaches and part of the soccer thing, whatever's going on. And it'll be some crazy jet triple overtime game against the Cowboys. And the kid's like, Dad, I'm And then, I'm, and then he's going to come home and be like, Dad, could you take me back to Jet Life? Yeah, can we go back to Jet Life Stadium? <laughs> oh, my God. And what if he comes? And the Giants play there too, Dad. It'll be so great. And his kid will become a Jet fan, which will be so funny. I, I hope for a healthy baby. And and I want to see a Jet fan come out of that womb. That's what I'm rooting for. Because um, the kid will be a Rutgers fan. You know that. I'll make him a Rutgers fan. That I can do. Actually, the kid should have his own podcast. Just him. <laughs> how about just like... He's already signed. He's my he's, next he's, NIL. NIL. <laughs> yes. So anyway, on a serious note, congratulations tomorrow. I know uh, scheduled to happen, and I think that's awesome. And uh, we wish him well. And the only thing I can say is J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 tomorrow around 7.30 a.m., as Sturgeo's child gets involved, um, uh, especially this week, the Jets coming off a nice win, but we'll get to that in a second. But let's get back to show number 34. I got sidetracked by birthing uh, there. Um, I had trouble with uh, show number 34. Uh, I just nothing. I couldn't. I don't know, Chris. They you pulled with me your on? website from you, and then you were just 
a lost puppy out yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, the website we go to, for some reason, uh, ranker.com, um, doesn't have number 34. So Jimmy comes into the studio today, and he's like, I had trouble picking out 34 because that Spanker website yeah, doesn't. I, I was like, wait, what? What website did you Spanker. get your numbers from, bro? Um, I know. That sounded so bad when I said that. But this website, for some reason, has every number. has 31, 32, 35, 36, and no 34. I totally, I'm going to contact the, the guys who run that website and be like, what happened to 34? Of course, I could have used like Dick Hauser, who was a coach of the Yankees for years and on the Royals, died of brain cancer. Dave LaRoche, that's a classic shitty Yankee. A.J. Burnett, another shitty Yank. Uh, the catcher, Brian McCann, who I always liked, even though he didn't do that much. Pasquale Perez, Melito Perez's uh, brother, if you're a fan of my other show, do you remember that guy? Um, Elijah Wong, getting involved. Shaquille O'Neal, Barkley, Charles Oakley. Shaq was 32. Uh, that's one of those things where we well, He was 34 with like on, Orlando. On, on like Boston. Uh, yeah, so that's the problem with uh, with the ranker. I'm going to have trouble saying that name. Some of the podcast, if the guy wore the shirt like at a practice one day, they listed we were as, looking. We were looking up. Well, I guess uh, Yogi Berra. We were looking up Yogi Berra, and we were seeing if they had 35 or 33. And it says like, Yogi Berra wore 35, and I, I have to... I don't know, uh, maybe with the, I know he coached the Astros. By the way, if you ever want to get a laugh about Yogi Berra and how successful he was in the postseason as a player and a coach, even when he left the Yankees, went for a cup of coffee in Houston, they were in the, they were in, the world, they were in like the NAL uh, championship. Like his record for like being involved with postseason is incredible. It's like Tom Brady. It's like, it's almost like Tom Brady. But see, no, we didn't actually. We didn't do it. Them. We're just we're in the middle of a. You know what's great? Well, one of the owners of the network interrupts the show because he's not uh, actually paying this attention. Is, this is what this is. He, is you know he, what he sounds he, like. He, you know he used to sound. You know what? It, but before the birth of his kid, he, I would say he sounded like Jerry Jones. Now I say he sounds like Leon Hess. That he sounds like an aging Leon Hess who's dead now. Of course, I'm joking. But you know what? I'm who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with that. Only Giant fans can appreciate this. Number 34, starting quarterback for the New York Giants for the Super Bowl run in 86, Elvis Toast Patterson, which is a, how funny, you're a cornerback. Terrible nickname. Toast. Bill Parcells, supposedly he used to get toasted in practice in certain games, and he, uh, he gave him the nickname. But the weird thing was he won a Super Bowl in 86, and in 87, right before the strike, he got smoked by Willie Galt in a couple of games, and they cut him the next day. But he ended up going to the Cowboys, and he was only like a special teamer, but he won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. So everybody's mocking out Elvis Toes Patterson. He's got two rings with the Giants and Cowboys, and he became a high school coach and blah, blah, blah. So that's my guy. I remember him well. I was at the game when he got smoked. Um, number 34 for the Giants, Elvis Patterson. Who's your guy? All right, we got a lot of... Solid NFL running backs in in the history of football with Walter yes. Payton, Bo yeah. Jackson. I should have mentioned well, Earl Campbell you know what? was thirty four as well. I right? usually let you do the uh, uh, the NFL guys. Yeah, of course, I should have mentioned Franco Walter Harris thirty two. No, who did he play for another team? Franco Harris. Now Franco Harris was thirty two. Thirty two on Pittsburgh. He he yeah. played in the era where you had if you were running back quarterbacks were number twelve and running backs number yeah, thirty two. Walker was thirty four, but we're gonna go with my boy Edgar Bennett. I don't know who that Super is. Bowl winning. Running, yeah, that's actually the best one. Craig right. Ironhead Hayward, who played at Pitt, and I watched him live at a few Rutgers games. I think he had seven hundred carries during the game. Seven hundred carries, 
for only like four yards of carry, and they just got first. It was like they could not. He was seven times the size of. He looked like Shaquille O'Neal on the field. Yeah, now and now his son is a defensive lineman, right? In, and, but, but, on uh, Pittsburgh, I, he's dead, right? The father died. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I so we're gonna like we're gonna actually I'm gonna oh. change mine to the Ironhead show. Okay, Iron, it's the Ironhead show. Okay, so. Oh, Ricky Williams. He's like a weird pothead, though. He's not, okay. he's not the type that I am. So we, again, uh, the producers cool here, they're, they're so organized. Number 34 for me, Elvis Patterson, and your guy officially is uh, Craig, Craig Iron, Ironhead Hayward. Hayward head, head Hayward. All right, that's our show number 34 there. We always do the number. A lot going on here. We got Artie coming on in a little bit. Um, most exciting news, really, in all the sports world is that Rutgers beat Illinois. Uh, it was a huge win for Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers, uh, you know, so many fun things happened in the game for me. Number one, they won a game. And anytime Rutgers wins a road game, there should be fireworks, a celebration. Uh, it's a huge deal. And um, I got to give a couple of things during the game. First of all, I believe the greatest punter in the world right now is the punter for Rutgers. This kid, you got to look up his stats. He has six pumps inside the five. And he was good last year. He's on that, um, what do you call that? Uh, watch list. The, the Ray watch guy, list. Ray guy, I think, watch list. Listen, I swear to God, I want to make argument. I don't know. Whatever you have to do to win the Heisman, he should be in the running for the Heisman. Because when he punts, the ball goes 65 yards and lands inside the 10. Every, it's unbelievable. So wait. And, he's got, and he can't play in the NFL because like he does that stutter step thing, the, the rugby thing. That's not going to work in the NFL. No, no. But, 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 but then when he doesn't have to do the stutter step, he still kicks it. So Heisman, that's where we're going with this? He's a punter. It doesn't matter. He dominates the you game. Know what <laughs> I, you have to watch this kid. So I'm like, telling you. Yeah, listen, yeah, of, course, so, I'm being, of course I'm busting balls. Yeah, I know. But you have to, I'm not joking. R Rutgers has been a, really an unsuccessful program. But they're only four and four. They've never been the Heisman. Listen to me. <laughs> You know what? I'm telling you guys, you have to. I, I, I want, of course, Dave is Googling it right now. Adam Corsack dominates. Matter of fact, they don't even know when the ball doesn't go inside the 15. The announcer's like, oh, that was a shank, a 51 yarder that lands at the 19. He shanked it. Like, this guy, he dominates. I, I, I've never seen it. And the funny thing is, he's from Australia. And Ohio State's got a guy, same way, from Australia. And one of the announcers said, I think you're going to see from here on in. Big schools are only gonna because they they play that wacky Australian rules football, which is you got to run and then punt. It's, you ever watch that? It's crazy. It's, oh, it's I think fun to watch. I always thought it should have been the American sports has so many awful events that are on the air, including most of the sports that you love, like those MMA things. But why not put Australian rules football on? Like as soon as the NFL see, NFL and Super Bowl Sunday, that next Sunday should be. I think when we were younger, it used to be on. Remember ESPN used to carry it? I don't think they do it. No, they do. It's just there's so many channels on ESPN. They won't put it on regular ESPN. It'll be on like on ESPN Europe. I there's find weird it because it's a game. You turn it on and, and you're like, what is this? But yet there's like action. It's not like rugby where it's a bunch of guys look like they're uh, pleasuring themselves while they, while they go around like a little huddle. This is like balls being kicked. You don't know the rules. It's nuts. Um, but they say that all the recruiters now for punters, that's where it's going to come from. Big win for Rutgers. couple of cool things. No sacks in the game. 
no turnovers. And Gavin Wimsat, who should be in study hall in high school in Kentucky right now, he comes in the game. This kid is unheralded, big recruit, top this, blah, blah, blah. On a fourth and five, down by three, he comes in and throws across his body to get a first down to uh, to Bo Melton. Just incredible. The kid, good for him. Big smile on his face. And the bottom line is now, Rutgers is four and four. Um, they definitely still land in my day stink category. You know, if you're a fan of mine, I think 20 of the 32 NFL teams stink. I got to put Rutgers in the stinks. Uh, there's a bunch of teams in the uh, Big Ten that stink. Uh, but they're four and four. And the goal of the year, if you heard me all year long, they have to go six and six. Now, the way the schedule falls out, they play Maryland on the last game of the year. And Maryland is ranked like even with us in all the rankings. So if they can somehow just win one more game heading into that Maryland game, that'll be like our bowl game. And it's a possibility because Maryland plays Penn State. That they'll both be five and six. They'll both be five and six, which the Big Ten Network will love that. Because then the winner goes to a bowl, which would be exciting for the league. Because um, those teams have been at the bottom feeders. They play like... Wisconsin this week, ranked number 18. Then they go to Indiana. Now, Indiana, I think, is better than Rutgers, but they're ranked, they're ranked, Rutgers is ranked better. Then they got to run into Penn State on the road, but I'm hoping Penn State maybe loses a game or two because I don't think the game matters now to Penn State. It really won't matter. And that's a big factor if the game means nothing to Penn State. I think a lot of Wisconsin linemen are hurt, like four. But I know. So are probably there's, also people, there's people saying good. that Wisconsin is vulnerable. They can be had. If I, put this I, way, I just of, I don't have the confidence. Out of, to say out of that. the teams that you look at going into the year, out of the Michigan states, the Michigans, Wisconsin, we're going to put Penn State. We'll put Wisconsin, not necessarily in that class. Usually, but, they're higher than yeah, they are this but year. But like when you look at that that game on the schedule, specifically on the road, you're looking at it like, okay, that's one of the ones. That there's no way. That's the one out of all of those that I'd say they had the and best. And it's home. At. They have to travel to Rutgers. It'll be like probably damp and gloomy. And I think having no oh, crowd it is home. there. I thought it was that Wisconsin. No, it's it's home. But the the I I just think. I think when a team like Wisconsin comes into a roaring house, they get their own fired up. But at the kickoff, there'll be maybe 24,000 people in there. And then as the game goes on, people come in and out, depending. I didn't check the weather. But they have a, listen, bottom line is get to five and six for that Maryland game. And maybe Chop Sports will go there and we'll have a good time that day. A um, couple of games in college. Ohio State just wore out Penn State. Ohio State's just got more talent. They just do. But I still believe if. Um, I really think if the kid, um, quarterback, if the quarterback Clifford didn't get hurt, I think Penn State would have been in the Ohio State game and certainly still undefeated. I mean, they were in the game. Yeah, they played well. I thought Penn State played like that's why Rutgers can't beat Penn State because if they play half that way, they're just they they got more talent across the board. But uh, I thought Ohio State is stacked the talent. The fact that they lost to Oregon and Oregon's pretty good now, so uh, Ohio State. Do not I think count them Oregon out. Lost too, no. But everybody, yeah, I know. But they're still they're they're good, and I think playing them open. What a what a lousy schedule that was to play them, the first game. But um, I think uh, I think Ohio State can be more dangerous to the SEC winning it than people think. Um, other things, NFL Giants didn't play. They played some. Uh, they oh, actually, when this airs. <laughs> Game would have already think I can't even, so I can't even talk about the Giant game. Um, the Giants play the Chiefs. I made the prediction. This might sound so wrong on Tuesday morning that the Giants are going to blow out the Chiefs. I don't know why I feel that way. We'll see what happens, and you guys can laugh at me when it when this thing airs. I might sound like a fool. Are you still wait? 
Are you still in your pajamas right now? <laughs> like, I'm looking down. I smell. Okay. I smell like like funky okay. cheese. And then I'm like, wait, what okay. does that smell? Okay, it smells okay. like feet. And I look this down is, and I see Jimmy's feet. This is very important. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring this podcast down a little more serious right here. This is why you are a horrific producer, and I'll tell you what. Last no, week no, I was getting. No, no, you she was singing my praises last week. No, 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 no. This is why I was, I was, you know, I was wrong. Just like I might be wrong Dave, about the you chief. Open that window. The, it's, okay. It really does stink. In okay, here. okay. Like I don't come in here sometimes. You guys, what your, your Green Bay Packers no, no, shirt, no. which you never wash. <laughs> Both of you guys. You guys said, I'm not washing this shirt to the Packers and Cowboys loop. I had this I've had to put on, up had this, seven weeks of, of Packers and the funny, Cowboys bro, winning. It's, it's funny you said that because I had to buy this sweatshirt for, which I'm not going to talk about. I had to buy this sweatshirt the other day, the one that I'm wearing now, for a Halloween costume. And, and what Halloween costume was that? <laughs> I, was, I was Ken. Barbie and Ken. Yeah, like Barbie and Ken. So your gorgeous girlfriend was Barbie. And I was like the fat, middle-aged can't. Now, you kind of look like Ken. Well, that thanks, I guess. But I don't know if I should take that as a compliment. No, it's not. Nothing I say to you. <laughs> right, there, I, by the way, for the rest of the show, there will be no compliments coming your way. It's okay? not my fault. Because because you had to play Barbie and Ken, which I I, I can make a mockery of that, but I, I get mad from the, the movements that are in this country. I can't say things. But okay, so Ken, yes. Ramon, cue the poodles. All right, so what... You had to walk around the party with that. Wow! Yeah. You brought sand to the beach, and you were Ken. Well, I was That's I was brought. Right? Okay. Someone you have to understand that I have zero interest in Halloween whatsoever, okay. which I'm sure we could at least agree on that. Okay, but time out a second before we get to Halloween. Okay, which we're going to get to that in thirty seconds. You say casually on the air that I'm wearing pajamas, and I didn't get a chance to say why because we got sidetracked by you wearing your fuchsia color pink. <laughs> Uh, uh, hoodie, which I should have. I, I walked in. You know what I said? My God, isn't that nice? He's not wearing a Packer jersey. Dave's loaded up over there with his cowboy hat because they won. So I'm looking at this, and then I really I had to wear pajamas. Why? Because I had a last minute audition that we had to record here with your help for. I think it was for Xfinity. For such a shitty producer, you know. You know, I'm I'm here helping oh, you out. You know what recording. he did? We set you up. You did an amazing Patreon, job. Which we'll talk about. You should see what he had to do. He had to actually get a tripod out. And put my camera into the tripod thing. Wow, that was really good. And what did you do after that? Nothing. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, or or he could come here and he could get the tripod out and he could screw the fucking camera on top. Excuse my language. It took you 45 seconds. Such tremendous producing going as, on. As Jimmy's like, you know, we got five minutes. You got to hurry up. So and I didn't start a conversation with you about something completely different. I'm like, you might want to focus on your audition and let me know How what I got to do. How did you think I did the audition? I think you, you nailed it. Oh, of course. There you go. Sausage. That's all I do is Palumbo's just hitting threes all over this place. I am, the, I am the new. I didn't even get to my Knicks yet. That's coming up you in a second. You are one for one. We're, wet, we're all over. You know what? I lo, it's my new, this is my favorite show now because we're all over the map. We talked about how you do nothing. At the, as a, You're a shitty producer. You bring up things that are horrible about me. I'm in my pajamas because I didn't feel like changing out of them. All right? So I'm going to be heading home soon. Rutgers won. I should be giddy. I'm aggravated now. Um, this is just makes me crazy. I didn't even... First of all, listen, I come in here this morning. The Knicks are clearly the best team in the NBA. And you can't argue against it because they have like 11... 11 guys are on the Knicks roster who were all-stars eight years ago. They haven't beaten anybody yet. That's not true. They're NBA teams. The NBA is such a great league. You know who else hasn't beaten anybody good yet? The Nets. The Cowboys. That's true. The Cowboys <laughs> come in. I could talk. I do want to talk about the Cowboys briefly. In that, 
No Giant fan likes to see the Cowboys win, but I got to tell you, watching that kid Cooper Rush, uh, you know, who looks like a pirate uh, on, on, a, on a Disney ride, he was able to, they kept on cutting to his family, and um, normally, I, I usually enjoy when they cut to a girlfriend on a college team, and you see this hot blonde cheering, you're, yay, yay, like, oh, the girl's hot. But in this case, they cut to the family. His wife, smoking hot, had a smile on her face like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm sleeping with this guy who's throwing touchdown passes here on Monday Night Football. And you can see the parents were so, like, the father was like, hang on, what we got to do. As long as they kick it, you can see he's being just how I would be. Like, he was like, "Is they're both eyes. This kid's been in the league four years. He had a he didn't he had a good game. He made some boo boos during the game. All all rookies do it. I still say the pass to Cooper um, to uh, uh, Cooper right yeah in the end zone in the end zone. I, you know I, I know it was just a I swear if he has ten opportunities he's only getting that once. But it was a perfect. The guy turned around and he stuck it in his hands. Great catch by the kid. Um, but still. The, those parents were so hugging each other. You could tell he had a couple of buddies. Looks like they have about six or seven of them in the crowd there. Just thrilled to death. And uh, I was watching, and I was like, you know what? Cowboys are going to probably win this game uh, because uh, the Vikings are one of the 22 that stink. And uh, But I felt happy for the family. So the Cowboys are playing well, um, and they have nothing to play for in the division because the division stinks. And when they get in the playoffs, first round, Cowboys will lose in the first round of the playoffs. So, that being said, also, because of, uh, again, back to Dave's kid coming tomorrow, it was just a great win for the Jets yesterday. Um, I'm not a Jet fan, and the, the, the kid Mike White comes in. The Jets are just... For so, the Jets and Giants are just beat programs right now. New York is like, it's a bad place. Uh, there's a lot of badness. The Mets stink, the Jets stink, the Giants stink. Um, thank God, you know, the Yankees and the Knickerbockers are good. Hey, while we're talking about how great everybody is at sports, why don't we talk about how the Packers are the best team in the league right now? Well, well, that's because the Packers won a game on uh, on Thursday. Okay, so your Packers have Seven lost. in a row. Okay, you can't seven. just say they won a game, they beat an undefeated team, and they were without everybody. Okay, but now you know, you know exactly what I'm going to say. What, would would you not agree that's the great reveal that Arizona stinks? I predict Arizona loses this week. I, I Who are they playing this week? They're not going to lose this week. Let's Even though about, Kyler Murray I mean, might be out. Their quarterback might be out. And I thought he two. stunk on Thursday night. And also, uh, do they play the Lions? If they don't play the Lions, then they have a chance. I don't know who they play, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a very – they should win the game. Okay. Because right, I don't know right. off the top of my head. but Your Packers won. Your Cowboys won. I get it. But could you believe Aaron Rodgers is so good still with all these guys out? You're gonna, you're gonna, but you're see, gonna, I didn't think Aaron Rodgers – You're going to gloss over that fact that the text that so I you got think Rodgers? you think Rodgers had a great game? I didn't. No, no. He was no. hurt by the fact that he had you and me to throw of to. Of course, but I'm just – I'm trying and to allude, I'm the trying to, allude to the, the point of you had your senior moment when you sent me a text message and you were like, oh, my God, guess what happened to me? I'm at the bar. Oh well, see, this, this, again, I just bring Jimmy in the down. league. In the league, if you Google "shitty, embarrassing producers" right now, it's a picture of you with as Barbie and Ken from a Halloween party. <laughs> That's because, and I admit this, I went out Wednesday night and stopped by uh, to a friend of mine. Was uh, they're leaving uh, my town, going to move to South Carolina, and for some reason, I thought it was Thursday night. I walk into the bar. There was baseball games on, or some other games on. And I look up and I see the Packers are playing the 49ers. And I just thought it was Thursday Night Football. But it was only on one TV. And there I am staring at it. And, I'm, and the Packers are up. And I'm like, 
unbelievable. This guy, Roger, I think they were up by like 20 points, maybe something like that. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And he had like three TDs, whatever the hell was going on. So I'm watching this. I'm like, oh my God, I got to text. I got to text Chris. This is unbelievable. He's got no one to throw to and He's like dominating again. And another guy comes up next to me and I'm like, can you believe this Aaron Rodgers, man? I, you know, all those guys out. And the guy starts discussing the game. Yeah, look at this going on. I suddenly realized in the corner, it says like NFL Network in the corner. I realized they just had the NFL Network on there. <laughs> and it was a replay, replay of a game. I don't know. It could have been from like a 2014 for all I know. And I was like, I wasn't even drunk. I had half a beer in me. And I'm like, how big of a jerk off? I sat there for a good 15 minutes watching like three series of Rodgers whip the ball around. And it was a game that was from a different So now this do, you, year. do you think that the guy knew that you were just completely out of it well, or do you think he also had no well, clue what it was, was he was, was had on. no clue so he was acting like he knew so to this day he might have went to work in the morning and been like tell you that roger <laughs> and i was like yeah tonight like no we watched like because if it if i didn't realize it i would have been like i would have you texted me and you were like yeah i left so i can't even uh, fix it i can't even like he thinks i'm a complete jerk off but i know he's a jerk off so it's like two assholes watching a game that didn't happen it's like when my father used to watch when they played during the day and they put the replay out at night. He would be so into it. I'm like, and I realized I'm like, Dad, I bet this guy gets a base hit right here. He'd get a base hit. I would predict. Oh, that I do it. that all the time because I have. They don't look in the we're corner. We're streaming the game because I have the NFL Network thing through the Hulu, right? Or so whatever. there's a delay. So it's a little bit of a delay, but I'm always watching either my bets or my fantasy games on my phone, and, right. and that's on the money. That's, that's on the ahead. money, right? So exactly. I'm always like, oh, I'm, I feel very confident that he's going to get this. It's like third and eighteen. Right. Like I know he. I'll be like sack. I feel that's it. So I feel a sack. My father thinks that I'm a, a guru, and he also listens. So he's going to be like, wait, that's so great. <laughs> he's going to text me tomorrow and be like, what's going on? Anytime you can fool your parents with like with with technology, it's the greatest thing. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is is good, but. You know what? The Jet Kid, um, getting back to the Jet Kid, Mike White, lighting it up. Um, the uh, I'm not even getting back to the Jet thing. I also have to talk about the Jets in terms of the Jets just stink. They have nothing going on. And they just had one of those fun uh, games for their fan base. They came back and won. The kid threw for 405 yards, three TDs. Good for him. Good for the Jets. Um, I think the same thing's going to happen in the Chief game. Um, the other thing about yesterday's game with the NFL was uh, – it just was so great to see Tom Brady get, like, blown out of his shoes at the end of the game. And you could tell he's got that look on his face like he's, like, angry at the line a little bit. Like, why are they hitting me, Daddy? Why are they hitting me? I'm with the Buccaneers. We have the best offensive line in the history of America. And why am I getting hit? And he finally got beat, which was nice. But um, I think uh, the Saints... Um, they're out with their, their quarterbacks out, so they're, they're still in out. trouble going Saints forward. Saints stink. They're going to stink now. Uh, the t clock management they, uh, is, was... was uh, it's very unlike they, a Sean they, Payton they, coach. Sean Payton. Now. I think Sean Payton was literally connected to his bookie saying, I know, I know, don't worry. I will make sure Brady has three timeouts that's and two and of, a half that's minutes That's the type left. of stuff you expect to see from a Mike McCarthy. Exactly, exactly, because McCarthy was going out of his way to ruin the Cowboy game. All right, so that's it with the NFL. Everything else, there was like seven games yesterday where everybody was three and six. The whole league stinks. Everybody knows it, but they're just so into their fantasy. By the way, I'm it's like seven and one in fantasy, picked by the computer, look at me. And... Um, so the other thing over the weekend, Halloween, my daughter was an M&M. &M. 
uh, not Eminem the rapper, an Eminem. I I just hate Halloween. Is that costume one or costume four? But this year, you know what? She's getting older now, and Dave will see. They, I the over and under on you spending eleven grand on ha- Halloween costumes between now and when your daughter's twelve is like you know it's I don't know. What do you think? I mean, like, I'll take the over. Yeah, take the over. Because they got to go to the trunk or treats. Then they got to go to the school thing. And somehow, either the wife or the or the kid's like, I don't want to be princess. Well, that's your costume. Yeah, I want to be a, a bug now. Next thing you know, you're running over. And the then you have, a, you have a dancing school day where they yeah, at dance, like, they're, they're and, this. And, and so then, then what happens? They happen- play soccer. Then they have to dress up as something yeah, for so soccer. So you need eight costumes. And then what happens is the candy thing is gone. We used to, you can go to you can go to Walgreens on any day of the week and buy as much candy in those bags that were only available. You can get it now at any Walgreens, at any CVS, anytime you want. So there's no sense of candy. Plus, kids aren't supposed to eat candy, and parents are a little more wary about like it's just a weird thing. The candy end of it is gone. It's about the costumes and the adults. I still say. I gotta say it. If you're an adult and you're really into Halloween, you're a creep. I I I, I can go on record as that. I I don't even like on Facebook watching people Bro, I, post. I I have memories. You know how you have memories come up on Facebook, and I I delete them all. We've had this conversation right. on the podcast before, but there was one where I essentially called out the grown men that are out here dressing up for Halloween, and. I, I kind of now if you're with your kids trick or treating as Dave's going to be Dave will be dressed but up as a, a disclaimer. There's a disclaimer. Someday. I understand if you have to go to a Halloween party and dress up as Disco Ken, like your boy over here. You got to you got to go do it. You step up and you do it. Right. But like walking around as like let's say Pikachu on a Tuesday afternoon just because it's Halloween, right. then you're I agree. You're and a even weirdo. I even hosting a party. But some people that's their like big night. That's their Super Bowl Sunday. They set up the outside of the house. Halloween, the marketing people in charge of Halloween in the last 20 years. Bro, the Halloween party that I was at was in Colts Neck, and it, they had the Undertaker's music playing as you got out of the car See to walk that? up. Smoke. Uh, like, I, when I tell you a 18-foot statue that was moving, I was like... The, I, I get it. When I lived in L.A., Halloween was like, people were like, what are you dressing up as? I'm like, uh, I'm not even going out. I didn't want to go. I, you know... But I, I, I'm not into Halloween, except for the kids and the little cute costumes. But you know what I hate? The kid who knocks on the door at 9.35, and he's, like, wearing, like, just, like, a football jersey. I'm like, and who are you? Like, and they stare at you. You know, and then, of course, you get caught old man thing. Oh, let me see a treat. Let me see a trick. You know, that whole thing. You just sound like a boob. Wait. Don't ever say that again at the door to anybody. This day and age, you can't say that. Hey, what about a trick or a trick? You're going to get arrested. Uh, that's true. <laughs> you cannot say that. But uh, No, but it's just, they come to the house, it's late, they knock on the door, and it's almost like, it's like this exchange of like, oh, you just want candy. And anybody who does the one, just take one. Have we not, have we, have, is that not, not, because the third kid that comes dumps the whole bowl. Let's talk about the people that give out shitty candy. Right. It's like, you might as well give out nothing. Right. You're giving out like a To me, it should, be, it should be Hershey or Reese's Peanut Butter Cups or maybe Hershey's Kisses. It's got to be big brand names. So wait, her, I would I would put Hershey no Kisses Pixie as, sticks like a, that open as a up. shitty candy. If somebody handed me a Hershey Kiss, I'd be like, what? I didn't go to my grandmother's house. I went. I want Skittles. I See want that? like a. You say, a I don't like. Bar. I don't like Skittles. Well, that's. I don't like Twizzlers. It's chocolate day here at Shea. Anyway, we <laughs> listen. There's no sense arguing with my shitty producer, Chris Gucci, because we both don't like Halloween. We get it. Um, just go to Walgreens and buy yourself candy. Um, other things I've been watching, um, money heist, uh, coming off the squid games, which me and Chris have discussed, uh, you know, a lot. I said, people said, check out money heist. 
And again, it's got the, um, this is in sticks here in Spanish. So it's Spanish with the subtitles, with, with the bad voiceover guy. And I'm, it, it, it's good. I'm into it, but I'm not as hooked as Squid Games. Yeah, you, you told me to watch it. I put on, I watched the first episode. I probably fell asleep through it. And then that when I, when I went to watch the second one, I was like, oh, I fell asleep during the first one. You had one. to go back and find no, out what's I going on? No, I just said, yeah, I didn't, I'm just going to watch it anyway. Because I didn't know what was going on. It was a hard thing for me. It does I, hook I you. Tried, it does hook you. I tried though. to. Well, I think the part of it was like I didn't really have time to watch it until I was dead. So then when right. I watch it, I'm, I'm, you know, I get a text and it's like if you take your mind off of it for a second, right. you have to stare you're done at the because screen. you actually have to read it. Yes, you get it. So it's like I I'm have not, it on the English voice with, I, and the um, the letters down below. Do you think the cop is hot? I, I the inspector, the girl. Yeah, yeah. Who I mean, is that? She's like this nobody Spanish actor who's just hitting threes all every episode. Um, she's probably like a huge famous actress down wherever. Yeah, and we're being like clueless. Total positive. If she's a famous actress, God bless America. Um, the show works, though. I, I'm not giving any plot points out. I, in, in, towards episode three, it starts to take on a change where you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's more to it. It's about a money heist. It's the thing that I said, though. Like I have, I have, problem, I have trouble watching things that are in English but not. And right. when you, when it. we were talking about Squid Game, I, that was what kept me off of it in the beginning. I tried to give it a go. I couldn't do it. Then you gave me the perspective, like, all right, just give it a chance. You'll get past it. And I did. And I tried to go into this show with the same Well, because frame before, of mind. before Squid Games, this was supposedly the, num like the number one addictive uh, show. But after Squid Games, there is no more addiction yeah, no. than that, I don't think. I think if I'd watched this first, I would have... Enjoyed it, but more. I can't do the the voiceovers unless it's in, unless it's Asian. I don't I know. see that. Well, that's listen. That's a little fetish. You maybe you could talk to you and your girlfriend there uh, on your own time. Um, I'm also again watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, which made me laugh out loud again. The first two episodes, I gotta admit, as a huge fan of the show, weren't perfect, but there's always a, a three or four minute bit in Curb that is so funny. That you laugh out loud. So I'm enjoying that. And me and my nephews always call each other and laugh about the different things that Larry David does. Um, I'm also, um, I'm in a show called The Nutcracker, which I'm rehearsing. We rehearsed for like five hours over the weekend with my daughter. I'm thrilled. I play a dad. I have to stand there most of the time with my hand on my, my one hand behind my back and one on my like uh, lapel and just stand there and look regal as the girls are dancing around um, and all that stuff. But that's fun to do. The kids work really hard on that, and I'll be doing that in like two weeks or no, uh, three weeks. I'll be doing that. Uh, so that's been cool. Um, and uh, what else did I do this weekend? Um, I didn't do much at all. I I actually went for a six and a half mile walk. I think I broke my record. I thought you said you were running you were earlier. Running. No, 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 you no, walked. No. I went for a run, but I also went. What is this? This is this Judge Judy now? No, I'm just I'm just wait. holding you accountable. I can't wait. I, this is like you know no you know what it is being held accountable. Oh, so like I'm gonna like does Howard so or Artie? Uh, better, better question. So are you lying now or did you lie then? That's what my father would say to me. No, I went for a run. I got a minute, so I can I can walk for six and a half miles. Okay, but uh, I didn't say how long my run was for because I would admit <laughs> I'm sluggish. I'm not in shape. But I'm, I'm, you know what? It's just like the, you know what? Remember the beginning of Rocky before he gets to the steps? He's, well, he's, he's not, he looks shitty. I'm at that stage. I'm, you know, I'm not drinking the eggs yet. You, but, you can run the steps without dying right now? Well, have you I think this is steps? a good, I think this is a good time. Running, to running those, no way. I think no. this is a good time. You think to, you could? I could right now, yes. I've done it. Uh, how long ago? Uh, 
And that'll do it here. Final score. You didn't even get the shot off. The fact. Seven years ago. So I have a new proposition here. All right. We're going to go to Philly. First of all, and we're supposed to do this. Run the stairs. Right. And me. And me. No, no, no. You can't run the stairs. Because you just you just said you can. So now you got to run. Not go up to run it. Run, just straight go. I watched you run in softball. You can't run the bases. <laughs> That's upstairs. That's like, around the bases and upstairs are totally two different things. Dave oh. has no left and right, so when he has to I'm turn around first. This, I, uh, this is... Th- th- also, let's time to revisit this conversation. It's a poorly a, produced a, a show at this point. You could run a 5K uh, yeah, in 30 uh, minutes or less. I, I said <laughs> right around... <laughs> 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, I can yeah, I can't. It's not that hard to do. You guys don't know anything about. It. You don't know what you're talking about. Again, the show, the show. I don't think I've ever been wrong uh, oh, in my life. You've never been wrong. Not okay. about shit like okay. this. Look at the sweatshirt you're wearing. There you go, right there. That's wrong. And the fact that you wore it again. So wait a minute. Why did you time out? First of all, you wore the shirt Saturday. I didn't and now actually you wear it. I didn't wear the shirt Saturday. Oh, you I just, wore it around I, your... I tied it around my neck. So it smells of weed and booze and God knows what else you did. Yes, but the weed was from this morning, probably. Okay. All right. Well, hope you got the win with Barbie. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Barbie for three. In and out. Oh, wow. Who would have thunk? Um, <laughs> this show, I don't know if this is my, I don't know if I hate or love this show at this point. I think it's, a, I think. Whenever I whenever I have these moments, they're better. We're gonna just pull the. Fan. You're fine. Dave saying the show's I think fine. It's better when it's like this. You do, yeah. you do. So when Jimmy Plumbo's just out of his mind. Plumbo's off the rails. <sighs> years ago it was different. I'm sluggish. I I, uh, I I audition for parts now, and they set me up with a wife. And whenever I see whenever I I see the woman, the woman looks like she's 85 years old. Like do I look that bad to the public? Oh my God. Sluggish Palumbo, unaging LeBron here. Coming in at 37 minutes in that 5K, by the way. 37 minutes is what I'm giving you. Wow. That's a seven minute difference. No way. No way. I'm telling you, I didn't run. It was a while back. I admit. Is this I didn't the, do same, anything. the same conversation? No, How he's long fat ago was and it? slow. There's no way he <laughs> oh, runs those steps. <laughs> seven but he's years got ago? Two, you know what? On the eve of birth, I can't, I can't call him a fat bastard, but. I mentally I am, but I can't publicly go out and say that. The 2021 term is thick. <laughs> thick, right? no, thick king. A, a, a dad bod, too. Well, I a have, dad bod from like here down. I have okay. nipples. Um, another thing about doing my audition in my pajamas is that um, I've done one audition from here, and the commercial is now airing. Brave in Health, getting involved. So one for I'm one for one. So I figured rather than wake up early, because why? I'll just do it right at the studio because I'm hot at the studio. And plus, pretty much, I'm LeBron here. And, you know, so that's it. I am, I should just, I'm Michael Jordan here. Now I'm going to switch that. I'm, or Brady. I'm the Tom Brady of Chop Sports. There should be an image of Brady, so I'm Jordan, the, I'm and LeBron. New, I'm and a new me, Jimmy Booking uh, liaison slash producer. So yeah. I yeah. produced the first one. Yeah. Listen, about time you were a liaison. I, that, I'm, I, have, I have like eight hats I wear here. You know what, I, Dave? I want you to do a marketing thing. It says Chop Sports Network and an image of LeBron, Jordan, Brady, and Jimmy Palumbo. We talked about the museum. That's it. That's another thing. I, I say, I hope someday Chop Sports becomes like an ESPN, bigger than Barstool, and there's going to be a museum. And I think when you first walk in, way to the right, it'll be old and gray. There'll be like a little monument with that line that 
kind of turns green. It'll be like, back in 2021, Jimmy Palumbo came to Chop Sports Network. And we'll have like a video of, uh, like a looping video a looping, of you grounding it, It'll be fuzzy. Right. It'll be fuzzy because <laughs> it's only on, it'll be on like VHS. And then, of course, Dave here being sarcastic says that I, I'll be there at the museum, but I'll just be the, the host walking people around, the tour, show, the tour guide for the Chop Sports. You know what? I want to be the Chop Sports Museum liaison. That's it. And I just got a phone call. Uh, my friend of mine works for the FBI, and even they can't figure out how many shirts I've sold after 63, which I got paid out. I First of all, who was president the last time I got a check from Chop Sports? It's unbelievable. Like, it, it's, it, been, it's, it's, it's going to go. There was a negotiated rate. A negotiated rate. Facebook and uh, so he, he takes eight seconds a week to post. I, w- I want to know what the number is. It's not. It's so easy to do. Ruby just told me. Because I don't know how to do it. I'm gonna. I gotta hire a kid. By the um, way, he's. By the way, he's only sold four shirts since then. So I, I, you don't know that. I don't. Prove it to me. You don't even know how to prove it. I do know. There's how no to prove system, it. as my father would say. There's no system here. You don't know anything. I do know. I do know. Occasionally, you get huge orders of shirts. I, that's all I'm gonna say. You guys, you're pompous. This is unbelievable. Travesty. And then you know something. What happens if my show gets plucked to go somewhere else? You guys are gonna be like, oh, can't believe you didn't. Can't believe you didn't leave sooner. The Jimmy Palumbo show just getting involved here. I really want to book that spot. I auditioned for today. It's important. Um, but we got to move on. Right, I got to go. move on. Let's I, go. I just I, I'm, now I'm disgusted with the whole world here right now. Um, I don't have much else to talk about except um, coming up. We do have indeed. The great Artie Lang. And when we go to Artie Lang, normally we do the bookings, but I can't. And there's only our major sponsor here, um, of course, is the one and only Absolute Eyewear. And we're going to make Absolute Eyewear sponsoring. Guys, uh, you know what's great about this show? <laughs> His was great. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm literally asking the date of what you said. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. No, you understand something. I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of doing a show. Okay. The number one, the number one, okay. The number one weekly podcast on the show is clearly my show. Okay. So let's act like, so I'm Howard and someone comes running in, in the middle of Howard's show to, with this little whisper thing. That's unprofessional. I'm trying to absolute eyewear who gets involved with this entire network. I'm trying to do a live read of their show to sponsor the up and coming Artie Lang interview, which is coming up in a very short while. Your attention, please. Now being rude and obnoxious and shitty producers, Dave Sturcio and Chris Gucci. They are unresponsive, clueless, and continuing to interrupt my show. That being said, this segment is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. That's right. 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937 or 732-326-I. I do that because it just makes, I love watching uh, Chris's skin crawl. That's right, 732-326-3937. It's owned by Craig and Johnine Michaud. They sent me some glasses. Now they're even cooler than I ever thought. Family owned, they're opticians. Go check them out. Craig, of course, is my right center fielder on my softball team. They're full service. They do everything. Prescription eyewear, sunglasses. They got safety glasses, sport glasses, glasses for the kids, the contacts. Everything's done on site. They got a guy there to do your eye exam, the whole bit. Um, They got stuff for every budget. 
I got if, of course if, you know if you're a senior, you're AAA, AARP, Blue Cross Blue Shield, they got all that. They also will give you a hundred dollars off a complete pair of prescription glasses that includes you know the, the frames and lenses. If you mention this show, bring a little picture of me. Tell uh, tell uh, Craig that he's wonderful because he's cool now because he sent me glasses. I can't mock him out. They've been in business 16 years. They're open five days a week. They're closed on Wednesday. Why are they closed on Wednesday? Softball night. Okay. And why are they closed on Sunday? Football Sunday. That's right. They're giant fans. That's right. They're closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, now, they also, uh, what else do they do here? Everything's on private. Make sure I get all the things in. They're good with the town. The mayor wears their glasses and the police department or all that. You can call in and get some call-in stuff, but they want you to come in. You really should meet them. Uh, Janine's a doll. And Craig's a, you know, Janine's, they're, they're, actually, they're a good-looking bunch. Um, Craig will have, like, maybe he'll wear the white pants with the white tassel shoes. He's laughing at that right now. He's a good-looking hunk, and Janine is beautiful and sweet. And they're nice people, like... You know my theory, I was, they're not jerk-offs. How many times you go to a store and you buy something and you walk out and you're like, I, well, why do I go there? They're jerk-offs. That's the complete opposite experience. You'll, you'll become friends with them. They have a huge party every year um, for uh, St. Paddy's Day and the parade there in Woodbridge. Absolute eyewear. Go check it out. And they have different kinds of, uh, um, all kinds of, you know, glasses there. Your attention, please. Now aggravated at Chris... And Dave, for being not cool during my show, Absolute Eyewear has Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. That's my Bob Shepard, Absolute Eyewear, and coming right up, we have Artie Lang. Hey, everybody, welcome. Jimmy Palumbo Show here, special guest once again. The wonderful and great Arthur Lang Jr., otherwise known as Artie Lang. Art, thanks for coming back on, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. No problem, brother. All right. I, uh, the reason why I wanted to have you back on, I was excited uh, this morning. I was able to go on uh, YouTube there, and I was able to listen to you back on your own podcast. So I figured I'd have you on so you could tell everybody just maybe a little bit about it or what's going on or how you feel about it. Uh, how's it feel to be back on the air, as they say? It feels great, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be me, you know, and some people in my life that uh, are close to me. Um, I hope to get you on the show soon. Oh yeah, I, uh, I want to come down and just check out the uh, the studio over there in Garfield, New Jersey. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, it's like uh, our own pad there, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, I, it's called Arnie Lang's Halfway House. I, I'd like to say that it's people who belong in a halfway house who are who I met in a halfway house. Um, and uh, that's that. Yeah, you know, it's a good time. All right. And I know the first one that dropped was uh, with Bob Saget. And I know you guys, uh, that was pretty cool because you both lost uh, your good buddy, Norm McDonald there. So I thought that was pretty cool that you let off with Bob Saget on your first one. Yeah, Norm was uh, the, the the Norm thing is still it, it still hit me. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's uh, terrible. Uh, and Saget was real close to him too because he directed the movie that we did together, Dirty Work. Right. And, and him and Norm became close friends as did I through that movie. 
but um, yeah, just sad. But I wanted to be the for Tiger because of that, especially. I know you got a, you do have a few in the can already, right? So you're you're like you've been doing them for a little bit of a while now, not a while, but you know, a month or so. Um, and I think that's pretty cool, man. I know, uh, you know, uh, getting back into the swing, you must have been. Uh, were you a little nervous at first, or what was going through your head? Yeah, definitely. It's always nerve wracking. I think to host the show, um, but uh, you know, once once you start doing it, you feel like uh, it comes naturally after a while. You know, and uh, it, it felt good. It felt really good. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I was really happy to hear it dropped, uh, I think, this morning or late last night or this afternoon. I'm not even sure. But I was able to listen on the way down here to the FlippingMadeEasy.com uh, studios here. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I, I just think it's great. I just wanted to, you know, get you on and just to say, hey, tell everybody, your fans, that, uh, um, and uh, you know, that you're back on the air with Artie's Halfway House. Now, where where can everybody get this thing? What is it on? Is it on... Uh, YouTube. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's on something called the Comics Gym. Comics Gym, uh, YouTube. The Comics Gym, YouTube, and uh, stuff like that. That's that's about it, I think. Okay. Um, and how's everything else going? Everything's going good, man. I'm hanging in there. All right. Uh, All right. Appreciate you asking. No, always, uh, always good to hear your voice and. Uh, Hopefully you have many more of these podcasts in you, and I, I'm definitely going to check out your studios, and maybe I'll be on for a little for one of them to bust your balls. And um, and that's it, man. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, that's it. So Artie Lang's Halfway House, Spotify, The Comics Gym, YouTube, I believe, and wherever podcasts are, you'll see Artie on there. I'm sure he'll be blasting it out. I just wanted to give Artie an opportunity to actually talk about it. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, man? No, that's it, man. I just want to make sure I get you on the show. Oh, sounds good. Definitely. I'll I'll give you a call later on, and we'll uh, we'll figure out a day I'll come in there, and we'll it'll be like the old live on tape days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, get, we, we should get Stafford on. Um, yeah, <laughs> or maybe we get Murphy Grimes. Why don't you have Murphy Grimes on the show? See, no one knows who Murphy Grimes is, but Artie does. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to actually. <laughs> You imagine me and Murphy Grimes on it, but that would be so great. Uh, Murphy Grimes yeah. is an, uh, an improv actor we worked with in the very beginning, 1990. I'm going to say 92, but Artie will probably correct me. 92? <laughs> yeah, 92, yeah. Yeah, Murphy Grimes, big Met fan. I met him doing dinner theater first, and all I remember him, he wore a tight, he had a big belly, and he wore a tight green Met, like St. Patty's Day jersey. <laughs> First thing I said is, as soon as Artie meets this guy, he's going to laugh his ass off. And Murphy ended up being a, a fun guy to work with. We had a lot of laughs. Um, so that's yeah, it. All right. So Artie Lang's Halfway House. Check it out. And thanks again, Art, for coming on. No problem, Jim. You got it. I'll talk to you later. All right. So good to talk to Artie. All right. Again, I really appreciate him coming on. I wanted to get him talked about his show. I'm excited for him. Um, I know me and Chris were listening to it this morning. Um, he sounds good, and, uh, and, and I was I was very pleased that that you had some some appearances. I you know what I don't want to blow it for anybody to listen. I I am in I I was getting involved with the Artie Lang Halfway House podcast. I did some uh, I did some you just listen to it, uh, and also Mike Pachetti talked about um, 
me doing it because Mike Bichetti was his uh, co-host there was in the uh, family as was I and they had some nice things to say about me so I was like I was sprinkled in throughout the uh, episode and also another cool thing or you know I, I I knew I was gonna do the show Artie always says come on do the show and uh, he made that official by asking me to do it so I'll be uh, I'll be doing some Artie Lang podcast work um, in the next couple of weeks so that'd be cool and uh, maybe I'll get you down there Chris we'll check out the studios just nice to see what other networks and studios are doing you can always learn from that myself included and uh so that's cool already sounded great uh you, you know uh listen it's been a long road back and uh, i'm glad to have him back and uh that's about it they also were discussing we were fully prepared to be discussing this uh whole alec baldwin thing um and they touched upon it as well i tell you um i feel bad listen you know what i hate like Alec Baldwin's kind of a polarizing guy. Some people don't like him. I actually think he's good in movies. He, he has that little Gene Hackman thing. When he's in a movie, you kind of, you want to watch. I, I find him interesting. Not what he does with Hilaria, whatever his wife's name is, and he gets political. I, I Throw that out. I don't care about that. Um, I think he's pretty good in movies. But even, even, look, whether you agree with his political aspect of things, he's still good at that, too. Like, what he, what he's... He knows yes, to even he, yes, he he's good at he, he, he's a, he's a big personality. Yeah. Um, like he probably could have totally had a talk show on on the radio or uh, something. Like if he was a host of like a, a view kind of show, it would it would dominate. And he, um, I thought he was really good in Thirty Rock. Uh, he was great on great that show, and he was, he's been great in tons of movies. Um, but sadly, working on the set of the show called Rust, um, he you know he had a gun and it was a rehearsal and. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to blow her name, but it's a uh, Helena Hutchins. You know, she's the cinematographer. So those, I, I I know you guys have kind of seen stuff. You know, it's not a new story, but she's working the camera, so she's right there. And some cinematographers are they have a camera person, and they kind of set up the shot, and they're they're really involved. Like they're, they're director of photography, they're right in there. And a lot of times they have more power than directors on a set. It's really true. They they, they create the whole visual medium, which is what film is. And uh, they don't get involved in sometimes the acting, but it's what's going on in the background, the visual, the lighting, the feel. Um, there's a documentary somewhere. I saw it. Uh, I wish I knew the title. I don't. About uh, DP, a, a director of photographer and cinematographers. And you're like, wow. Like, you don't realize. And directors will talk about how, like, oh, that, that wasn't me. That was, the, you know, my... My DP doing that. And the girl was, she was right there and they were doing a rehearsal and somehow, uh, which makes no sense to me, this, this he got a gun that was had a, either a fragment or a bullet. We don't even know the details, so I don't want to comment on it. And and she got shot and it either went through her and hit the director as well, which, or maybe he got hit by, it hit part of the camera and he got hit in the face. We don't really know, but there's been no comment from the director about what exactly happened. Maybe he's doing that for legal reasons. I don't know. Or maybe he's really hurt. No one knows. Um, at least I didn't see anything. But it's, it's sad, you know, like, and you think to yourself, like, wow, like, what a, you can't make that mistake. These are live guns. And the only thing I could equate it to, every set that I've been on, like when I did the set of the family, it was in France, and there was a, a language barrier, and the scene where I get killed, um, which we, on Artie's podcast, he clearly hadn't seen the family yet, which I'll make him watch it. I'll bust his chops on that. But You mean the I, heartwarming scene where you, heartwarming, got, where yeah, you they got killed? Heartwarming, yeah. Mike Pichetti called it heartwarming. Um, but I will tell you, when I had everybody, I, I invited all my family and friends to the opening night at, in Bergen County. We all watched it there. And so the theater, the big theater over there at the Paramus Mall over there, was packed. 
It was a you know Friday night, but it was mostly I probably had sixty people of my friends. I wanted to sit up in the top in the back. I didn't want to distract anybody. I wanted to watch to see because that's exciting to watch yourself on on a film like this. I knew I had a big part in it. I didn't tell anybody that I got killed, and literally now I'm always thinking about what if there was a like a couple on a date not knowing that Jimmy Palumbo's in there in the theater, and when I get killed, it it like. That you heard a gasp from my family and friends, like as if I got killed. And you're like, oh, you actually heard, like, oh no. And I still think to myself, if you're a couple on a date, right, and you're in a movie theater, yeah, they're really invested. And, and, yeah, like, and an FBI guy gets shot, who you kind of knew he was going to get shot when you're watching the movie anyway. You're like, wow, I, that guy did all right, but I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Wasn't heartwarming. I'm not devastated. I'm not like you know. He's not going to be in part two, um, but I do know when I was on that set. The, the they set the door up with explosives and um, the, the door gets exploded and we were on that side of it. But I guess that could have been unsafe. You know, fragments could have flown off, but it didn't feel that way. But what scared me, and I, you know, with all due respect to everybody involved, there was a language barrier. So these two guys were working on my jacket was loaded up. I don't know how to describe these. They're just like mini firecrackers. That's what it was. And also blood packets. So when when the the bullets hit me, the blood, and it like it's like a, it pops. So they're lining up my jacket, and I had two uh, similar jackets with all these, and they were like mini firecrackers. I don't want to say it was regular firecrackers. So they're, they're doing this, and I'm looking down at the guy, and I'm like, all right. But after a while, you don't realize it because we got shot by like a machine gun almost. There was like a lot of little mini fire. You know, and I'm sitting there like, now, of course, what do you do? You got to be cool. Like, uh, yeah, I'm a tough guy now, right? Meanwhile, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So I didn't say anything, and Dominic Lombardozzi was in front of me, and so I'm getting wired up. And what they do is it's like there's like a little keyboard they have offset that it's, uh, I, I don't know if I was hooked by a live wire or, or remote. remote. What they do is they literally, and I'm doing a, I'm trying to explain this because that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a keyboard that was maybe only 16 inches long. And what they do is they just kind of, like a kid bangs on a keyboard, and when they bang on that keyboard, it haphazardly the corresponding explodes. Bullets go off yeah. to it. But right before they yelled action, as he was setting it up, he, the guy was right there all over me. I said, hey, I don't understand French. What? Because what, what? they were talking the whole time. I was like, am I, am I all right with this? Like, what's going to happen here? It wasn't really described to me. And the last thing he said, seconds before Luke Besson said action, was just don't look down. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm about to shoot this dramatic scene. Don't look down. So... The first take, I felt it, man, and I felt it on my chest. I'm not going to say it hurt. I was fine. But on the, I forget whether it was the first or second take, one of them, I guess, when my jacket, because I had to act like I'm moving around, one of the things got near like that sensitive part of your elbow, the in, like the, the back of your arm. Yeah, in there. And it went off and it hurt. And I knew, I knew it hurt. Like the sensation was that my elbow got blown off, but I knew it wasn't. And then we had to lay still. And I remember, like, damn, that hurt. Like, had that hit my eye or nose or my balls or something, like, <laughs> sensitive? Um, I was, like, laying on the ground, and it hurt. But, like, they yelled, when they yelled cut, Luke Besson, oh, how are my actors? How are my actors? He was very concerned right away. And 
I looked at, I, I wasn't about to say, my Elberts. I just like, you know, that's what Dave would have said. I was like, no, I'm, uh, uh, I said, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I looked over, I had like literally a black and blue and a little blood on the inside of my elbow. And Dominic actually hurt like this ear or something. And you I'm thinking, been, my, you ever been shot with a paintball gun? No, I never have. And I, I heard imagine it. imagine that's probably the, what it equates to, because it, I would imagine like the blood things are a little, little like, they're, no, they're they're not even. No, it's not like a paintball. I've told people that they say it hurts. It's like a, it's like a little bag that just opens. Right. I don't. You know what? To be honest with you, I was I wasn't really allowed to look. And then I they did something in costume department to wire it up, but I st started saying to myself, like that's as close as I've come. Now I was uh, the guy handling the guns on the family. I will tell you this, he. He went out of his way to make sure he was proud. Though he was telling me that they're real guns, so these these were real guns, and some of them were filled in, never ever to be used again, or they, they have a way of filling it in. Yeah. Um, but he said one of them were a German, a German this, so a German now, that. I don't want to cut you off, but if if there's a way to fill them in, wouldn't you think that that's just like should be the going rate? Well, then you have to then you have to do it in post production in CGI. And it does look better when it comes. There's a flash out of the gun, so. Um, but I think those days are gone now. And why, why even chance it? But this guy was going around, and he was telling me even the gun that is used to kill me was like these were like he was all like they were they were a gun collecting family, and all these guns. He was so proud. He had them laid out on a on the floor, um, and uh, I didn't think anything of it because I'm not. A, I know nothing about guns, but I do know that they do go up to you though, and they uh, on a set on, on American set. Um, and I'm not saying the French, the French was, was, I was, I felt as safe as I should have been, but I, maybe I should have asked more questions about the explosion on my body of these firecracker things. Um, when I, when I did, uh, I did back in the day, uh, with, um, that William, with William DeMeo, I had to kill, um, what's his name? Not Dominic Lombardozzi, uh, Lomb uh Louis Lombardi. The, there's a guy who, who's in charge, the armorer, the guy's in charge of the guns. It's, he was like, it's in the prop department. And he came over to me, and I was about twenty feet away from Louis, and I have to, I have to, it's a really cool scene. I come out of this car, and I'm like, "Hey, Louis, Louis's a creep, and I'm part of the mob, and I got to kill him because he's a creep in the neighborhood, and he's got to go. Even though he's like the legendary deli guy, he's a child molester, and he's got to go." And he, the guy, was very Jimmy. This is he came right up to me, Jimmy. This is the gun. He opened it up. He spun the barrel around. He made sure I looked into each where the barrel was, where there was no bullets in. Then he made me look into the the chamber. First, the chain. The chamber is the long part. Like yeah. so he made me look there, so there was you could see through. He goes, "There's no fragments." And I think he even took one of those like uh, pipe brushes and he popped it through, locked it, and soon then. Um, but then he came back. They showed me that. Then he put the caps in. Because my gun did go off. And I, so uh, he, then he put them in. He showed me the bullet. And it was like like no chance of this like happening. And I think he had two of them. So when it, we did one take, he would take that gun away. And he always showed me that there was nothing in the barrel. It's uh, just like a checks and balances where you don't want to make that mistake. Well, because and that's how the guy from uh, The Crow, uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Lee's Lee's kids son. did. Because a fragment from the blank stuck into the the barrel and when it gets shot out that's like that's like taking like a little bit of a it's nail like shrapnel shrapnel and it, it, and actually hit him right in the heart that he he could have been an inch the other way he just would have been like uh, injured and went right through his heart game over but uh, and i've been on many sets i remember the kid johnny deleo who's now a good friend of mine he um he was the kid on the set and he had his gun and he started spinning the gun around kidding around 
And I, me and Dominic, like our eyes went like, whoa, whoa. And I was literally telling him, hey, dude, you can't do that. And some prop guy came over and was like, snatched it out of his hand and said, you know, Johnny, Johnny, you cannot. Now this kid, was only, he was only 14 or 15. He was like the first big thing he's ever done. And he got like, and I, and I, I, I looked at it like, the, late, the guy walked away and he looked at us like, he goes, I didn't mean to do that. I said, Johnny, listen, uh, he was a little hard on you. I said, but whenever you get a gun, give it back to the guy right away <coughs> because you, it's, it, you don't know if it's real. It just, Take it, it just, any type of liability out of your hands. Get hand. it out of your hands. But in New York, especially like on Law & Order, I've, I've done stuff with guns. They have to announce character has a, a, a weapon, a, a fake weapon. They, and as soon as they yell cut, like when you break for lunch, they, I always say get I, – I look for the guy now. I don't like there's want There's been this. situations where you were, you were acting, but you were driving around in circles, and you were not on a set. You were like waiting to p pick somebody up, do your scene, and you were – in real life, like people were thinking you were a taxi cab driver. So, so imagine having, like, being on set they, with a gun in that and situation. And they think I'm, and I'm a real, well, that's the thing. And also, when you leave the set, like if you're shooting in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, on the streets of New York and you have to go to lunch, you, you have your cop stuff on. Some people just start walking down the street. You can't do that. Someone has a heart attack or someone, yeah, there's a yeah, drug yeah, deal yeah. going on. Hey, take that cop out, that kind of thing. So I never. I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest wuss in the world. But usually people like, hey, Jimmy, someone kind of rushes right over to you and gets you all disengaged. And I don't even like those cop things are heavy. They're real. and Like, get them off. I, I just feel bad because, you know, everybody's going to bash the production company and stuff. And I guess maybe there was true negligence and stuff. Um, I hope it's a scenario. I feel, listen, the woman died. I, I just think it was a possibility of just a tragic accident. Unfortunately, People have died on movie sets. Um, I know I'll for certainly from now on. I'll be th this was a. I'll be way more careful for the rest I think of my the career. Whole industry will, especially the time. And I think there's good. Well, I you know what you know what it's like after the Titanic sank. They changed maritime laws forever, and I think that's what's going to happen yeah, here. So either there'll be no such thing as a live gun uh, near, and they're or there's just going to be like what what you said the guy did that. Showed you yes. there's going to have to be some universal checks and balances system. Yeah. Where and there like usually is, I guess, you know, but if you just, it's one of those things, say you're doing like some of these Western scenes, there's like, there's gunshots throughout the movie. It just takes one, not checks and balances. I think, uh, you know, I don't know. And I feel bad. Like the guy, the poor guy who yelled out cold gun, cold gun, and then boom. Um, I think there's also stuff where I'd like to know they were rehearsing and maybe he, uh, maybe she herself wanted the gun to be pointed directly instead of into the lens. She might have said, no, no, don't go into the lens. Go a little bit to the left. But that's where she was. So she might have actually directed him to point the gun right at her, not thinking it was live. And uh, just what a terrible tragedy. And she sounded like a really creative and cool person. She's got a young husband, a young kid, and just a nightmare. I, you know, I feel bad for Alec Baldwin, but if he's the producer, there's some liability there. But anybody who, like, rips on Alec Baldwin because of his personality, uh, like, yeah, you, there, you could see he's dead. Even in some of those interviews, he's devastated. Um, and, and, you know, then they're mocking him out because his kids were going around for Halloween. It's like, well, you know, life goes on for the kids, you know. So you don't go out Halloween with your kids because of some tragedy that happened two weeks ago. You know, I don't know, maybe you don't post it. Maybe that's what they should have done. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but listen, I'll be the first one. If it turns out there was true negligence, um, 
you well, know, there, there was negligence there. There's, I mean, regard, I mean, like regardless, I'm, it's just there was no intent, and that's obvious. Right. But God forbid, Clearly, there was, was no like, intent. But at the same time, somebody got to pay. The first AD who yelled "Cold Gun," he's done a lot of movies, man. He's no rookie. He's been around a long. But time. But like, obviously, Cold Gun isn't. Is that something that gets yelled out prior to any type of uh, scene sometimes with a gun? They yell out, "Someone has a gun." Yeah. But I, I've never been told "Cold Gun." No. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, some some women I've dated have yelled out "cold gun," but uh, <laughs> that's a cheap joke. The uh, no, I just um, I just feel bad for the whole thing. And someone lost her life on a movie set. So if they got to make changes where there's no more live ammunitions and stuff on movies, have at it. Because people have been killed. The guy in that movie uh, Twilight Zone got killed. Um, you know, all these stunts. I know even girl, uh, the girl I did uh, the Good Wife, the one that was in uh, Wicked, a big thing fell on her. So on a set. That's why, like, uh, you got to be careful on a set. You can trip over something. Something could be pulled down. I mean, we trip in here in the studio, but nothing's that heavy to, to hurt us. But, you know, we have some lights that could fall on somebody and hurt them. Um, you just got to be careful. And usually safety, the sets I've been on have been, there's always that person. I did Rescue Me that one time and um, when we had to crawl through a fire. And uh, he said, whatever you do, don't go through this doorway. But one of the lead actors went through the doorway. We were crawling on our legs. And the, the fire stuff had already fallen. I saw that. And then I went through, and I got yelled at. Actually, it was Danny Aiello's son who passed away, God rest his soul. He, he really laced into me. He goes, Jimmy, I told you to not go through that door. I said, I know, but I followed him. because I don't care about him. I told you, don't go through that door. And I, at first I was like, what's this guy being a jerk off for? He goes, let me tell you why. And then he really showed me what fell. Like he didn't want you to die. But he goes, Jimmy, everything fell in time. But what if a board or two, an, on a flamed board, got stuck and didn't fall? And then when you went through, then it fell. You would have been hit by that and severely injured or even killed. He goes, I'm not telling you, not, not a creative choice. We have a pyrotechnic wood thing falling on the ground, and you can't be near it. And after that, I was like, from now on, when they do safety things on set, I'm like, where do you want me to not go? Where do you want me to not look as important? But anyway... That'll round out our show. Thank you for Artie Lang. Rutgers won. Big game this week against Wisconsin. It looks like I might try to get there if I can. And um, that's about it. Chris, I appreciate you uh, doing a horrific job once again, mm -hmm. just, just interrupting my show. And that's it. We went a little longer than I wanted to today, but that's how it goes. And we'll see you next week with a very special guest. Actually, next week is going to be a preview of Rutgers basketball. And I'm going to have a guest, my roommate and ex-Rutgers player, Ed Zucker, is going to come on for about five or ten minutes just to chat about what he thinks Rutgers hoops going to be this week. So I will see you next week for episode 35. Make more.